The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. I'm back from Sapphire Now 2017, SAP's humongous conference in Orlando, Florida. I said that opening so many times, interviewed more than 50 thought leaders, game changers, executives, partners, customers in a conference room at Orlando. We did 33 live interviews, and we're now here on this series today, which is Changing the Game with Social Selling. We did a lot of social connections. We live streamed the videos of the interviews. As I like to say, who thought anyone would want to watch a video of me interviewing game changers? Well, apparently thousands and thousands and thousands of people did. So we were absolutely thrilled. So let's talk about what the buzz is for this show today. Very important topic. The buzz, listen up. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Come on, you know that is the golden rule. If you want to look at the Bible, Luke 6.13, all kinds of references. And there are many ways to phrase that. But... Okay, it's old-fashioned, it's biblical, it's age-old, that's what your mother or grandmother might have told you. Is it out of touch with our fast, hyper-super-paced digital world? We say, no, it is not. Why not? Well, I have a little, you know, my favorite French phrase, plus ça change, plus ça la même shows. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And here we are back at square one. You don't want to stalk your prospects on social. You don't want to stalk your customers. Why just to get into their Facebook news feed, just to get in front of them on LinkedIn. Do not stalk. Do not bother. Do not pester. How do you approach them? Well, we always talk about building relationships. Be patient. Be kind. Be helpful. Be thoughtful. Be informative. Stand by. Be their advisor in the buying journey, and it will pay off in so many ways. We have a panel of three experts thrilled to tell you who they are. And we're going to figure it all out together. Our topic, in case you haven't guessed, is Mind Your Manners, Social Selling Etiquette, and the Golden Rule. In just a moment, I'll be introducing you to, well, she hasn't been on our shows in a long time. We're thrilled to welcome back Jill Rowley, the Chief Strategist at Hashtag Social Selling, as well as Sarah Goodall, also a previous guest. She's the Managing Director of Tribal Impact. We'll find out about their companies. We couldn't do a show on social selling without Kirsten Boileau as SAP's Director of Digital Experience. So let's circle around the table to Jill Rowley, and Jill has sent us a wonderful quote 
Five Little Words at Pack-A-Punch from Dale Carnegie. A little bit of history on Carnegie. Dale Harbison Carnegie, by the way, until 1922, his last name was spelled C-A-R-N-A-G-E-Y instead of I-E. He was an American writer, lecturer, and the developer of famous courses in self-improvement, salesmanship, that's what we're talking about, corporate training, public speaking, and interpersonal skills. I think if we combine salesmanship with interpersonal skills, we get what he was all about. By the way, he grew up in Poverty on a farm in Missouri, and he wrote a bestseller that's still around today from 1936, How to Win Friends and Influence People. He also wrote How to Stop Worrying and Start Living back in 1948, a year that's near and dear to me, no comment, and Lincoln the Unknown. He thinks it's possible to change other people's behavior by changing your behavior toward them. Here's the quote, to be interesting, be interested. Joe Rowley, how have you been? It must be a year since you've been on Game Changers. It's been too long, Bonnie, and I have been fantastic. Life is moving at an incredibly fast pace, and I think I need the de-stress book as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that he wrote that book about, about how to stop worrying and start living in 1948? Jill, have you ever seen that one? I, I haven't read the book, but I had read his bio uh, before submitting the quote, so was aware of it, just haven't read it. Okay, so talk to me. I love the five little words that are really big. To be interesting, be interested. I think this is something that I've heard, Jill, that a lot of parents say they're this to their children who are sitting in the back seat on road trips. Mom, I'm bored. When are we going to get there? I'm hungry. I got to go to the bathroom. When are we going to get to the rides? And the parents have been known, I've heard, to turn around and say, to be interesting, be interested. If you're bored, you're boring. So talk to me, Jill. How does this relate to the wonderful world of social selling where you make your living today? Yeah, I mean, it relates to the world of selling. Uh, I learned the term from the president at the time of Eloqua. And when he said it, I don't think I really understood it the first time. It, it took a couple times of noodling on the expression, if you will. And, and I sometimes append it with, to be interesting, be interested, dot, 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 in something other than yourself. And the idea is to be interesting to a buyer, to a customer, to a partner, then be interested in them. It has to be about your customer, not about your quota, not about your territory, not about your product, not about your company, but about the customer and what it is they're trying to accomplish and the world in which they live. Jill, that's so interesting because I would guess, and please tell me if I'm wrong, I'm happy to be wrong, that this isn't the way old-fashioned sales training went. It was get that product out there, open the trunk of your car, take out the brochure, get your sales ticket order ready. Just tell them maybe the benefits, maybe the features, and place that order before you leave the room or else. So what happened to that? How do we undo all of that old get-the-sale-done-now training? How do you do it. It's a mindset shift. And, and before you can change your behaviors, what you do, the regularity in which you do them, the, 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 the order in which you do them, you have to change your beliefs. And it is your belief that you are placed in the role of a sales professional to help other people solve their business problems and achieve their goals. 
that belief of my job is to help somebody, mm-hmm. hopefully help somebody buy, hopefully help somebody buy from me. But if that is not your belief, then your behaviors will be smile and dial, pounce and pitch, show up and throw up. But if you believe that you... <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you can't just say that and just go right off on the speed of the, uh, the uh, seller train. Come on, Jill, throw up, show up and do what? Come on, talk to show me. Show up and throw up. Show up Never and heard throw of that. up, Bonnie. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, it, you want me to just throw up all my garbage on you? My, my, my beautiful PowerPoint that starts with my logo slide of all yes. the deals I've taken down, all the companies I've extracted big dollars from? No. Why don't I show up and I tell a story about you? As an individual, as a buying committee, as a company, as a, as a company in an industry that is changing, why don't I show up and tell a story about you, not about me? Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. <laughs> Jill, you never cease to amaze. You always light up the room. Thank you. And you just kind of flew right over that. So thank you for stopping. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we, we just couldn't let that one go. Thank you. Hey, Bonnie, and now sometimes here's what I do. Beep, beep, yes. beep, back up the bus. If you want to use my beep, 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 hey, Jill, don't run right through that. Just go beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I, I met somebody through SAP years ago who used to say to me, hit the pause button, buddy. Pause when she wanted me to stop. She said, hit pause. Hit pause. Okay, thank you. I get what you're trying to say. In other words, shut up. Okay, so thank you very much. Here's a quote next from Sarah Goodall, a managing director of Tribal Impact. And I will come back to Jill when we circle around the table and ask her what her company does, what she's doing today. Uh, Sarah sent a quote from the Dalai Lama. Let me read a little background. Uh, the religious name, and today we, we have the 14th Dalai Lama. Religious name is Tenzin Gyatso, shortened from Jetson Jomfeld Nagwang Lobsang Yishi Tenzin Gyatso, uh, born in 1935. He received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1989. He's traveled the world speaking about the welfare of Tibetans, the environment, economics, even women's rights and nonviolence, cognitive neuroscience, reproductive health. Oh my, who knew? Um, let's see if I have anything else here. During the 1959 Tibetan uprising, the Dalai Lama fled to India, where he currently lives as a refugee. That's an interesting spin on the word refugee. Sarah Goodall has selected the following quote. When you talk, you are only repeating what you already know. But if you listen, you may learn something new. I'm listening. Sarah Goodall, welcome back. How are how, I'm listening carefully. I don't want Jill beeping me. Sarah, how are you? And tell me about this quote from the Dalai Lama. I'm really good, thank you. And thanks for having me back on the show. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, so who would have thought the Dalai Lama would have a quote that was associated with social selling? But honestly, I, I mean, when I saw it, I thought, you know, that actually this is a lot to do with. You've, you've got to open your ears um, more, more. I know sale, selling is all about listening to the customer, and, but actually even more so on social listening, on social selling. If you, if you go out there, um, you know, just, I, I love that. I had to write that down, actually, Jill, the whole smile and dial, pounce and pitch. And uh, this is definitely show up and throw up, which is where people are out there spamming content. Something's going to stick. 
everyone's interested in what I've got to say. But actually, you know, social selling is more about opening your ears and, and closing your mouth. And really, it's about listening and identifying, you know, areas where potentially that you could build rapport, identifying, you know, problems that maybe you could help with. This is all about building relationships. It's about being relevant and being genuine. And if you're not out there listening and learning and really trying to establish if there is a genuine fit, um, you know, if, if, if this is not what you're doing, then this is, you're not doing social selling right because this is what it's all about. It's about going, not going with intent, but going to add value. And um, essentially, this is what I what I've pick this quote for really if you're just out there telling people what you already know you're not listening you're not being relevant and you're going in with intent and that is not how how you conduct social selling so thank you sarah very interesting and and going back to what i said to jill this just isn't the way people learned it's a it's a mind shift set jill said it's a training set let me ask you sarah and and i'll float this question around the panel after we introduce kirsten with her quote in a few minutes um if you have a sales organization that is multi-generational, uh, you know, in the workforce mm-hmm. today, we've been told over and over again, for the first time in history of workplace, we are seeing five generations, and I'm going to preface that with at least five generations, because the millennials are getting old. They're in their mid-30s already. Duh. You have five generations working side by side, and this has to apply to the, the selling workforce, the sales force. So if you have the quote-unquote old-timers, who may not even be that chronologically old just learn from the old method alongside the new ones and we're in this age and era of hyper fast paced social selling where you have to be that advisor you can't do the smile and dial show up and throw up as Jill so quaintly termed a few minutes ago um, what happens to the success of the sales team if you've got both mindsets both cultures working side by side trying to succeed will some of the customers and prospects like the old-fashioned method because they grew up in the old school sarah any comments on that oh i think that's a fascinating point actually because my business mentor he is a luddite so he does the old-fashioned selling uh he picks up the phone you know he's that kind of guy that's how he's already done it and now he's transitioning to social selling. So he gets it, he sees the value, and he's trying to transition. But interestingly, only last week I spoke to one of my customers that has a lot of early talent, a lot of millennials, and they, they are lost at events. They can't talk to people. Um, and they have sort of skill gaps because they, they just physically don't know how to connect and engage on the show floor, for example. So I think there's quite a lot of skills transition to the company. Millennials can bring a bit of mentoring to the Luddites to help them how to use digital technology. But there's a lot from the older generations that Salesforce back. And, um, yeah, I just found that fascinating. And I, see, I think that is a real issue. And I think there's a lot of potential if you can kind of buddy up or mentor people um, to get them to learn from each other in many ways. I don't, I'm, I'm open to hear what Kirsten and Jill, Jill think if they've come across that. You know what? I'm, I'm going to suspend here for a second going around to Kirsten for the quote. Let me just get – I have to. And, Jill, let's get you in on this, and then we'll have Kirsten answer, and then I'll, I'll introduce your quote, uh, Kirsten. So, Jill, what do you think about this multi-generation in the sales force? I think it's a great uh, position that we're in. I think about the, quote, Luddites, the very experienced, tenured business people with an incredible amount of acumen and – uh, knowledge and uh, 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 scars on their back, if you will. Um, and uh, the digital 
savvy, digital, native, socially connected, um, used to massive amounts of inflow of information and data and filtering and sorting and making sense of all of that. And, and there's, 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 there's elements to be learned from each other. Um, in social selling, I think it's important to do, quote, um, reverse mentoring or, or multi-generational pairing um, where the, the young, uh, fresh face out of college, I, I see the 23-year-old with no knowledge and no network um, who's, who's been put tasked with uh, in a sales development role or a business development role or account development role where they're on the front line and they're the first person to try to engage a, a, a business decision maker in a conversation, they don't have any acumen. They don't have any experience. They don't have the knowledge. They can be paired with the more tenured, quote, Luddite who doesn't have the digital and social savviness and they can learn from each other. It's just important to identify the way in which each mm-hmm. of those generation learns because it's different. That's what I think. Thank you very much. And Kirsten, I've kept you waiting so long. You're so patient, and this is your series, so you know we'd get to you eventually. <laughs> Kirsten Boylo, Director of Digital Experience at SAP. Before I introduce your wonderful quote from Miss Manners, a.k.a. Judith Martin. Kirsten, what do you think about my question on different generations in the, wor- in the sales force, mentoring and teaching each other and coaching each other, collaborating and growing into the social selling mindset? Kirsten, welcome. Thank you, Ronnie. Um, yeah, it, I, uh, I love what Jill said about having, you know, the, the, the early talent and the, you know, much more experienced uh, sales executive being able to be paired up together and learn from each other. There's so much that the, the brand new um, to the, to the uh, role person can, can learn about you know, sales in general and, 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 you know, very tactical and strategic ways to go about sales. Um, but the, the, you know, the quote Luddite can learn so much about the social and digital application of their role and how, and they can learn together about how to apply those, how to apply their, that very vast and strategic knowledge around sales to the mm-hmm. um, digital mindset. I think that's such a great, great opportunity. And we see it happening actually here at the at SAP and the Sales Academy. They're trained on how to do the digital demand generation, and then they are paired up with a, um, a more senior sales executive when, we get, when they get into their market unit. And they do that um, reverse mentoring, I think they call it. Um, and it, you know, it really is very, very valuable for everyone. So, um, yeah, I think it's a fantastic um, uh, dynamic, although it can create tensions if the, if, you know, mm-hmm. the more experienced sales reps are not interested in learning about um, the digital side of things or if, and I, I, I'm not saying this doesn't happen or it does, but, you know, if this was a possibility that the, um, the early talent wasn't interested in learning from, from the more senior uh, executive, I think then it could create some tensions. But, um, there's, you know, there is a huge opportunity there for sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kirsten. And now, Kirsten, you have sent us a wonderful quote from Miss Manners. Some people know her as Judith Martin. We know her as Miss Manners. And apparently she has a Twitter handle because I put at Miss Manners and it went through. So, duh. Here is the quote. And this is, this is a lovely quote. And I say lovely with great respect to Miss Manners. She says, I make a distinction between manners and etiquette. Manners as the principles, which are eternal and universal. Etiquette 
as the particular rules, which are arbitrary and different in different times, different situations, different cultures. I think that's exactly what we're talking about. Kirsten, let me just give a little background here. Judith Martin, maiden name Perlman, born in 1938, known by the pen name Miss Manners, is an American journalist, author, and etiquette authority. Since 1978, she has written an etiquette advice column distributed three times a week and carried in more than 200 newspapers around the world. She writes essays on problems of manners or clarifies the essential qualities of politeness. Here's something I did not know. According to Wikipedia, Judith Martin writes about the ideas and intentions underpinning seemingly simple rules, but her columns are noted for their admonishing tone and sarcasm. I I didn't know she was sarcastic, (laughs) but the question is, how could she not be? I'm sure Jill Rowley can appreciate that. So, Kirsten, tell me about this quote. We're talking about manners, etiquette, the golden rule in social selling. How did you come across this quote? Because we love it. I uh, found it just I was I was searching around doing, doing some thinking about this show and, and how we were going to approach it and how I might think about manners and etiquette and I, I came across and I thought that's really I hadn't actually thought about there being a distinction between manners and etiquette I think people often use them interchangeably and mm-hmm. um, and so I I thought it was just really interesting and perhaps could um, generate some great conversation for our topic today given that. You know, we are in a very different time than, say, 10 years ago or 20 years ago in, in how um, sales reps engage with their customers. But also, shouldn't the, you know, the general manners, the, the time-tested and true um, ways, the principles of, of engaging with customers, should not those be um, still applied in, in that digital environment and with the etiquette of a digital environment? And so that was... I just thought it was a really interesting dynamic and a really interesting um, distinction between the two that I hadn't really thought of before. Thank you. I, I appreciate the distinction. Now, let's circle around. Before I ask you all where you're calling from and what's in your cup today, you know the theme from our Coffee Break with Game Changers flagship series I started, oh, my goodness, in September, what was it, October 5th, 2011. Uh, Jill Rowley, tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days, just a brief elevator overview of at social selling, at the hashtag social selling. What, what's, your, what's your role? What are you doing out there? Well, I need more than two minutes, but I'll try to condense it, Bonnie. All right, take two and a half. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm generous today. Well, it really, it comes down to the world is moving at a pace um, faster than ever before. And we are, uh, the the scale and the magnitude is is massive. Um, What I'm doing is still speaking um, at a strategic level of digital sales transformation. So I've actually repositioned uh, social selling as the core to social selling being a component of the overall digital sales transformation. Every CEO um, is thinking about digital transformation and what it means to their business models, to their go-to-market strategy, um, to their products, to their ecosystem and environment. But the sales leader has been left out of that conversation. So digital sales transformation is, is strategic for me. Um, I'm still working with uh, my training company, Sales for Life, that actually does that skills development in a programmatic, prescriptive way. We launched a new course. Uh, so not only do we have curriculum for sales reps, we have curriculum for the frontline sales manager, which is so important, Bonnie, because your managers are your force multiplier. 
And I say mm-hmm. you can't have 2.0 sales reps reporting to 1.0 managers. So we're really excited about the new sales manager curriculum around social selling and digital selling. Um, I've made a couple new investments in some early stage companies, one that's in immersive media and really around 360 um, uh, virtual uh, reality. And we're selling into sports teams around how do you get fan engagement, deeper fan engagement in your own owned media properties. Um, invested in Terminus, an account-based management, marketing, everything, sales uh, company, and uh, working at a strategic level with a couple new clients, GE, uh, AT&T, and, uh, and even Microsoft. So there is, there is no lack of change here within my, my business itself and, and with the world uh, at large. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're sitting still long enough to come back on Game Changers Radio, Jill, and we appreciate it. Now let's ask, where are you calling from? And I don't want the Google map coordinates of the roof of your office. We don't want that close, but want to know where you, what part of the world are you in right now, and what are you drinking that powers the Jill Rowley? Sure. So I'm actually uh, in San Francisco, downtown, at the Marriott Marquis. Uh, my client uh, at GE is speaking at the Chief Strategy Officer Summit, so I'm here to photograph her on stage and uh, and support her in, in the crowd. Um, and I am drinking my, I think, Bonnie, when I was on last time, I was still addicted to uh, Starbucks white chocolate mocha with whipped cream, mm. and I've shifted to uh, chai latte. So I have a grande five-pump chai latte from Starbucks. Well, I like the five pump. Never heard that before. I'm glad to know. (laughs) Thank you, Jill. Sit still. We'll be right back to you. Sarah Goodall, where are you calling from today? And tell us, Tribal Impact, what are you up to? Yeah, sure. So I'm calling from London. I've just been to see a client this morning. So I'm in the London uh, location. And, uh, yeah, so great things happen at Tribal. So Tribal, uh, we help enable organizations, sales, but also the wider organizations to become social ambassadors and social advocates, if you like, for the brand. Um, a, a key thing for me is about putting your employees in front of the brand. My background's marketing. Um, and I think we now are, are, are facing a situation where we need to be authentic as brands and more credible and to gain trust with our customers and our prospects. And if we just keep pumping out content that we've um, you know, paid someone else to create, it just lacks that authenticity. So my approach to this whole idea around advocacy, social ambassadorship, um, and enabling sales, marketing, your whole employee culture, and even beyond that, actually, your e- ecosystem, your partners, and even your customers to become brand advocates. And, and that's, uh, that's what we do at Tribal. So it's, it's really fun. I'm having a great time. It's a great adventure. So Well, it's okay it's to have fun at work. I think, I think that's, I'm <laughs> guessing all three of you do, and I certainly do here on Game Changers. Sarah, you're in London somewhere. We won't ask exactly where, but I want to know what are you drinking today or what are you planning to drink after the show that powers Sarah Goodall? <laughs> well, normally I'm powered by Nespresso coffee. So I've got a machine at home. I love it. Um, you know, if I go to hotels, that's it. It's great. But I couldn't get one. Uh, and I tell you, what I'm drinking at the moment, this is really strange for me. I picked it because it was bright pink. Uh, it's dragon fruit and yuzu tea. And uh, it's really it's really delicious, actually. But I've never normally picked that. So that's what's powering me at the moment. So I'm, uh, I'm having a bit of a zinc hit um, and drinking that. So. 
So okay. now, wait a minute. You you mentioned dragon fruit, and I missed the second word. What came after that? Dragon fruit and what? Yuzu. Yuzu fruit. Japanese fruit. I, I had to actually search for these on Google because I didn't know what they looked like, and uh, they're pretty beautiful. They're quite beautiful, actually. So, yeah, dragon fruit and yuzu tea. So. Very, very interesting. That's a new one for me. I appreciate it. it I'll is. look it up after the show. Oh, my. Thank you very yes. much. You just sit there. You just keep powered. And Kirsten Boileau, are you in back in Waterloo, Canada? I know you travel a lot these days. Kirsten, where are you and what are you drinking today? I am in Waterloo. It's a little bit gray and cloudy here today, but um, the temperature's not too bad. I think it's in, somewhere in the teens, so in the 60s for those of you in the U.S. Um and I have uh, two drinks in front of me. I'm double fisting it today, <laughs> trying to do three things at once. And um, I have a cup of Earl Roy tea because I didn't get a very good sleep last night. And um, I also have some, some water, cold water in front of me. So. Well, drink up, though. I know today. the... Water is good, and you all know, ladies, that they don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, and this is a two-show day. Today at 10, I'm here with you, and I'll be back with Smart Cities of the Future with Game Changers at noon. Uh, But I have to tell you, Kirsten, I was on the bus going from the hotel where I was staying in Orlando to the conference center, and somebody behind me, two people were talking in the seats behind me on the bus, and one said to the other, where are you from? And the woman of the pair said, I'm from Waterloo, Canada, and I bolted out of my turn around and I wanted to say, is it of course it wasn't you, I would have recognized your voice, but I wanted to say, do you know Kirsten Boileau? She works with me at SAP. I was, I was so excited, so I was thinking about you. And Sarah, I have to tell you, I just looked up Yuzu, if anybody wants to know, it's Y-U-Z-U. It's the most popular of all citrus fruits in Japan with sudachi, S-U-D-A-C-H-I, running a close second. The fruit is found fresh in Japan throughout the winter, but it can be found in many other convenient forms. Typically, the yuzu rind is used to flavor dishes such as vegetables, fish, or noodles. You can also get it dried and powdered. It's tangy and sweet and used in dessert. You can also put it in your bath, and it's good for your skin. (laughs) (laughs) So, ladies, go out and get the yuzu for you. What can I tell you i'm just a font of information we're talking right now with the jill rowley the sarah goodall and the kirsten boylow because they're only one of each in the world and i'm glad to know them we're talking about mind your manners social selling etiquette and we've got both of miss manners words into the manners and the etiquette and the golden rule do unto your prospect your customer as you would have them do unto you do you really want to be stalked do you really want to be bombarded with a bunch of pitch and potch and all this stuff and and uh, them throwing up what they're brochure contains on you. No, you don't. So if you're in sales, don't do that to anyone else and they'll be nice to you too. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a very quick break and when we come back, we'll cover some of the roundtable talking points my three esteemed panelists sent me before the show. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales organizations by storm. And only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Social selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business. From building the fundamentals in the sales process and getting the content marketing mix right 
to building cross-functional teams and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how social selling is changing the world of business. Changing the Game with Social Selling is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Social Selling. Presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to changing the game with social selling. Here we go, and we're back. We're back with Jill Rowley, Sarah Goodall, and Kirsten Boylow, and I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. I think I promised before the break I would be. And we're talking about social selling, mind your manners, what etiquette are you using? Are you following the golden rule? Make up a different precious metal rule, whatever it is. Just be nice and be a helpful advisor. Don't pounce and trounce on the people you're pursuing for sales. They won't like that. They won't talk to you. Jill Rowley, Chief Strategist at Social Selling and Startup Advisor, is going to start the roundtable, although I think we already did about 20 minutes ago. Uh, Jill sent me a lot of interesting notes here. They're all words of wisdom, but we're going to start with this word of wisdom here. Sharing credit where credit is due for accomplishments in social selling. Don't hog all the glory for yourself. Your team helped you get there. Let them share the glory. What does we-centric mean? Jill, talk to me, please. Yeah, it's it's all about, and, and this was a advice I received from, again, uh, a, a mentor of mine. And this is universal. This is not just applying to social selling. This is applying to sales and even just relationships. You don't have to be selling anything to um, practice sharing credit when where credit is due. And there's a quote by Harry Truman, and it's, uh, quote, it is amazing what you can accomplish if you do not care who gets the credit. Mm-hmm. The idea is, Bonnie, um, even I'll, I'll relate to a very practical example because I love to, to take, you know, these theories and apply it. Um, I just recently published an article on LinkedIn. It's titled, Now Sales is Buying Bright, Shiny Objects Too. And, and when I was putting together the, the post, um, I was referencing certain uh, landscape diagrams around sales technology, and, and it's really like ex- Exploding. So we've seen this transformation happen in marketing where we've gone from, let's say, 150 technologies in 2011 to 5,342 of them in 2017. We're about to see the same transformation happen in sales and in the sales technology landscape. And as I'm preparing this, this post, um, I could have picked from four different diagrams on sales tech. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, oh my gosh, I had made a recommendation to this woman, Nancy Narden, and she's uh, the founder of Smart Selling Tools. I had made a recommendation that she create one of these landscape diagrams. And she recently, a couple, like week ago, sent me, hey, I took your advice and I created this landscape diagram. And so when I was picking from the four that I could have mm-hmm. included, I said, you know what, Nancy... Sent, you know, circled back to me and said, here, I did what you recommended, and here it is. And I said, I'm going to share that one in my post, and I'm going to attribute this 
to Nancy and tag her in the post to hopefully drive more people now to her content because she was kind enough, one, to develop this, and two, to share it with me and thank me for giving her the idea. That's what I mean about sharing credit where credit is due. Thank you, Jill. I, I like that. And, you know, that very interesting in, in my own small way. Very often here, Jill, when somebody has a quote like you and Sarah and uh, Kirsten or when I'm quoting in my opening buzz, I will find the hashtag or the handle for the author of that quote or for the organization where it came from. And, Jill, I'm always amazed and shocked and thrilled when somebody starts following and following us after a show. And I look and I say, wait a minute, that was the reporter from such and such newspaper or magazine I quoted on today's show. I attributed it to them. I found them. I tagged them. And they responded and they're aware of us. So that's the way it goes, right, Jill? You give credit where it's due. It is. Bonnie, you nailed it. So take that to the social world and take it to yeah. uh, relationships with buyers, right? So instead of sharing social selling content, social selling content, social selling content, and tagging, uh, you know, the, the potential buyer or the customer that I want to get their attention, I will say, what content are they sharing? What do they care about? Anthony Robbins, yeah. he's uh, just a magnificent uh, leader. He's at AT&T and he's in charge of their Department of Defense group. He, he you know, has a $2 billion plus number at AT&T. And he published uh, real recently about um, uh, uh, recognizing someone of service who served our country. And he wanted people to um, uh, showcase that person in, in LinkedIn. And he had published this post. And it, you know, this idea of, 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 of calling out um, congratulating, shining the spotlight, thanking publicly someone who you appreciate for their service. This is, uh, let, me, let me say this, you've got to make a ton of deposits. You, mm-hmm. Relationships, it's all about making deposits before ever asking for a withdrawal. And so when you ask me for 10 minutes of my time and you haven't made a deposit, you haven't given me something of value, I can't give you those 10 minutes because 10 minutes is precious. But if you have made deposits by sharing one of my articles or um, uh, congratulating me for an award I won or for um, tweeting that I'm going to be speaking at a conference or you are much more likely to get my 10 minutes if you've made a deposit. Thank you, Jill. I appreciate that. We all know what banking is, and we all know what deposits and withdrawals are, and I love the analogy. Thank you. Ladies, because we're short on time, we had such a great opening. It turned out to be the half of the show. Rather than going around the table and having the other panelists comment on Jill's notes, Sarah, I'm going to read a couple of of great words of wisdom from your roundtable notes you sent me before the show. Have you comment, and then I'll pick a few from Kirsten. So we're going to do it a little differently because I want to cover a lot of of material here. So Sarah Goodall, I'm going to read a couple of these. You can pick whichever one or ones you want to comment. And first of all, Sarah says, do your research. Don't do a freezing cold outreach that's not customized to the person you're reaching out to on social selling. Number two, she says, don't expect anything. Intent is the worst way to approach social selling. And the third one I loved is be genuinely interested. Sarah Goodall, what would you like to expand on for us, please? 
Well, I think, well, they're all kind of tied in together, I think, a little bit. I mean, the mm-hmm. whole don't expect anything is how basically I've, I've kind of run my business. But I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest difficulty for maybe traditional sales guys, you know, the ones that are seasoned, um, because you do go in with intent. You know, you're going in with the intent to sell something. You've got to win the deal. The expectation is there. But And the mindset shift that Jill was talking about earlier is quite, it's quite difficult to get your head around because... But you have to lead with that. Don't go with an intention of trying to sell something. Go with good intentions. Go with the, with the I'm going to just see if there's a genuine fit, if I can genuinely add value. If something comes of it, great. If nothing comes of it, great. Um, but, you know, if you go in with that mentality and that sort of positioning, then you never know. You might get a referral to another customer. You've done a good deed. It ties into what Jill was saying. You know, a good deed breeds good deeds. You know, if you do, if you give credit, then something good will come off the back of it. And in a lot of ways, it's about having a bit of faith in the system, a little bit, you know, moving away from this, I've got to do this in order to get that out of it. But actually moving to, I know that if I invest time in doing this, in adding value, in building relationships, in, you know, focusing on, trying to find good fits, um, something good will come of this. And it will, something good will come of it. It absolutely will. But it is a mindset shift that I think a lot of people find difficult to get their head around. Thank you, Sarah. I'm going to put, put one more here on the table and with an example. You say, listen and learn. And Sarah says, same applies to LinkedIn groups. Those of you out there who uh-huh. know and use and understand you, she said, Sarah recently posted a question about dropping the word employee from the business dictionary. Aha, uh-huh, I like that. Sarah received 46 <laughs> comments, 46 from target yeah. audiences that she could potentially engage with. And she said she loved the feedback, but she also loved the fact that they were were engaging with her and they were sharing their insights. Sarah, what was that like? How long did it take to have these pouring in? And did people agree with you? No, well, it was great because the best things to post in LinkedIn groups is discussions. So you don't go in saying, here's my latest blog post. That's not how you do it. You go in with a good question that sparks discussion. And also it's about, um, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. There's opinions and people love that. And I had loads of opinions. And it was wonderful that people were engaging and some of the companies that were engaging with that LinkedIn post were incredible. My target audience as a business, but what I yielded from it more was the kind of insight that I was getting into those customers, um, the, the mentality, the way they think, the, the business issues that they have. So my intent wasn't anything really. It was just to get it out there and see what people thought. And I got so much great engagement back, but also potential introductions, that people you can connect with. Um, so it go, it's much bigger than, you know, I'm going to do this and I expect this in return. It's, it's much better. That, that kind of discussion, that kind of feedback can feed content. It can feed insights. It can feed sales intelligence. Um, and it just builds relationships at a very granular level it helps to build relationships. So if people know me, I know them, we've had an interaction, you know, something may come of it, something may not, that's fine, I'm cool, I don't expect anything. Um, that's kind of my social selling mantra. <laughs> so don't expect Thank anything. Thank you. <laughs> 
Very much. You know, it's it's great to have real examples here from real people. So thank you very much, Sarah. That's very encouraging. And now, Kirsten, I want to make sure we squeeze in a couple topics from yours. We're getting down to the, the guts, the nitty-gritty, if you will, of manners and etiquette. Kirsten, let me read a couple. <laughs> Number one, oh, we've heard this one for you before, and I love it. One of Kirsten's pet peeves, the generic LinkedIn connection request. So it's, <laughs> I want to connect with you on my business. We've talked about this before, We'll cut, but she says, who is guilty of this? I still am. Number two, she says, says, a healthy debate on a topic in social media is one thing, but hiding behind your keyboard and being nasty about another professional is very unprofessional. And the third thing I want you to think about talking about, Kirsten, is an immediate sales pitch right after you connect with someone. And that's what we're talking about, the human connection, listening, learning, sharing, advising. An immediate sales pitch after connecting is very bad manners. I can hear Judith Martin saying, Kirsten, you're right. Kirsten, you're right. So, Kirsten, which one do you want to talk about, nasty comments or you want to talk about uh, the immediate sales pitch? Either one would be great, or both. Well, I think uh, the, the pet peeve around the generic LinkedIn connection request and the immediate sales pitch after connecting are, are, are really very closely linked, because often, if you actually accept that generic connection request, the next thing you get from that person, and often within moments, is that immediate sales pitch, um, because now they have you as a um, captive audience, so to speak. You know, you, you're you're now directly connected to them. They can send you messages without it costing them anything, um, except to my mind, their reputation. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's it, it very, very much connected, um, and I. Uh, I try to be very um, judicious about who I connect with. I'll take a look at their LinkedIn profile, especially if they have just sent me that connection, that generic connection request, uh, and their maybe their headline slightly intrigues me. Um, but it's it, it, I do often. I really have to think about it. If someone sends me a personalized connection request, hey, I saw you speak at such and such, or we met at this conference, or um, I saw you were highlighted in this, this article and I wanted to connect, I'd love to learn more from you, that kind of thing, I immediately want to connect with them because, as Jill said, you've made a deposit into, into our relationship and I'm willing to then uh, allow you to make that withdrawal uh, by connecting with me. And... Um, <clears throat> And then to go into, you know, if, if that, but if, if they still, you know, even with a personalized connection request and the very next thing they send me is a sales pitch, I'm a little um, hesitant to engage. Uh, you, haven't, you haven't deposited enough, to use Jill's words, to make that kind of withdrawal. Um, as, you know, as, as Sarah mentioned, about, it's about building relationships and at that very granular level, um, you need to make sure that you've built the relationship, you've deposited enough into the relationship before you can um, send them any sort of sales pitch. And you shouldn't be sending a sales pitch. You should be looking for opportunities to add value to the conversation and not uh, looking for an opportunity to pitch your solution. So, Kirsten, let's take that one step further and go to the question of hiding behind your keyboard and being nasty <laughs> and unprofessional. So, so let, let's expand this. If someone pitches you, and I get this from time to time, ladies, I get pitches or pitches for guests to come on Game Changers Radio from people who say they listen to our shows on World Talk Radio Voice America. Typical pitch says, hey, listen to your show. It's great. I'm representing Mr. Bob Smith. He has built 46 houses in 22 countries and 13 
15 days. He's a great entrepreneur. He loved to talk and share his biography. He just released the book. It's number one on Amazon. Clearly, they have no clue that we're a panel discussion show. They have no clue that our topics are things like social selling or startup focus or uh, the supply chain or smart cities. He may touch on those topics. I typically, and this is by email, I typically will answer Thank you for your pitch, but it's clear to me, Kirsten, don't kill me. <laughs> it's clear to me you have not listened to our show. You're not familiar with our format. You seem to be a press agent. I suggest you do your homework before you pitch every other host on this channel. Now, I don't think that's nasty, but my gut reaction is, oh, damn, why are you wasting? And I'll even CC people at Voice America and say, do you know this person? I say, yeah, they're on a rampage. They just contacted 50 other hosts. So I'm not doing it on social. It's more private. But Kirsten, am I wrong to give them that advice or should I just shut up and delete? Help no, me. I don't. I, I I don't think that you're wrong in any way. My my uh, your point behind that was um, you often will see perhaps competitors um not necessarily to SAP, I just mean competitors in general will uh, lob insults back and forth about solutions, and sometimes it even gets personal. Well, if you know this person, you should be, you know, steering clear because blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, and, you know, to totally um, denigrating that person's professional reputation, and I think that's just, that's just wrong. Um, there are, yeah. That is just wrong on so many levels. I can't even express exactly what I'm trying to say there, but it's just wrong to to do to go to that level to go to that to to attack the person themselves and their professional mm-hmm. reputation is just wrong, especially in front of a wide audience. It's one thing if you do it one on one. I mean, that's not great anyway. But you know, to to attack them in a very very public forum uh, is just wrong. Um, hey, Bonnie. I want to get I the three to, of you in. To inter- Go ahead. Yeah, I listen, I've been the, quote, victim, if you will, of the haters and, and that, that vicious attack mm-hmm. of uh, someone in social uh, accusing and, 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 and making statements that simply aren't true. I've had you know, someone call me the, 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 the clown with the crown because I'm the queen of social selling. I've had someone accuse me of never selling, um, closing a deal in my, in my sales career. Wow. And, and, wow. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? I could have taken a picture of my W-2 from, from you know, uh, 2008 and, and put that on social media, and I could have you know, put closed order forms of multi-million dollar contracts and, and I could have, you know, said you're the idiot and I could have, but I didn't. I literally blocked that person. Yeah. I, I made sure that I wasn't connected on any social media platform and, and it, it's hard to not yes. want to defend yes. your reputation, yes. Yes. but you can't feed the haters and the haters no want you to respond and you can't feed them they do that's, Jill I'm glad you chimed when in I wrote and, that when I yeah, wrote that uh, point talking point talking point today I was actually thinking of that story that you told me about that and mm-hmm. I, I, that's where I, mm-hmm. I came up with it was that story 
And ladies, we're just about ready for our predictions, but Sarah Good, I'll love to get your thoughts on this. Do you do you say something, reprimand, or quietly say not acceptable and then block them, or do you just be quiet and just take a deep breath, take a gulp, go get a sip of uzu yuzu juice, take a tub in, in uh, lotus blossoms, and then say, damn, I'm above this. I'm going to take the high road and just go delete, delete, block, block, block. What do you do, Sarah, quickly? Yeah, yeah, don't get involved. Just don't even, like you say, don't feed the haters. It's not even worth it. I mean, honestly, this is the number one rule when, when managing social channels as well. You don't pick fights. You don't make it public. Um, you know, it's opinions at the end of the day. Everybody has their own opinion. They don't, factually, if they're incorrect, as a brand, you would normally go back and sort of correct properly. But really, it's just not even worth the hassle. And they're entitled to their opinions. That's fine. But don't, I don't get involved. I just don't. Not even worth it. That's not where I focus my attention. Thing. Restraint. That's another version of uh, show up but don't throw up with, with, with your disagreement. <laughs> Jill, 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 Jill Rowley, I can give you 60 seconds. I know that's not what you like, but 60 seconds for predictions. Jill, look ahead to 2020. That's my favorite year right now. I think we all remember Baba Wawa 2020. I think she's the one who coined that one without even knowing it. Jill, 2020, what's going to change if we met again? I hope we have this. Kirsten, you got to invite these ladies back. Great conversation. Uh, Jill, what will change about social selling etiquette the golden rule mind your manners online 2020 jill rowley 60 seconds predictions go so the thing about social is it, it it's a massive transformation from living in a uh, linear and rigid world to living in uh, a, a world of fluidity and this is going to challenge uh, all of the traditional sales organizations that are used to, to living in a world where I send an email, I get a response or not. I make a call, they answer or they don't. Uh, the, the world in which we live is, is much more fluid, it's much more connected, um, and it's much more public. And, and, you know, you are what you eat, you are what you tweet, you are who you retweet. And I think that we're going to have this awareness that, that, that social is a channel. Um, and Bonnie, I've said it, if you suck offline, you'll suck yeah. more online. So you simply <laughs> can't suck. You can't suck in 2017 and you can't suck in 2020. There you go. <laughs> that certainly you, you never mince words, my dear. Thank you, Sarah Goodall. Love to hear your prediction. Sixty seconds. Talk to me. Yeah, I honestly, I think you know this. I think this is going to impact the whole organisation. There's one thing about social selling, but how do all the rest of your employees really uh, articulate themselves online? Because um, anybody can get involved in the social conversation and cause trouble. So really, it's. I think my prediction is in 2020 the whole maybe inbound selling or social selling or social marketing or inbound marketing, whatever you want to call it. I actually think it's towards inbound business, inbound organizations, the way you attract talent, the way you attract partners, the entire ecosystem, the way you attract customers. It'll be a holistic thing that, are, that will impact the whole organization. Um, so I think it'll be bigger than social selling. I think we'll see the, the, the unification of all the functions within the business coming together on this kind of approach. Thank you. I think that's a good thing to look forward to. Kirsten Boylo, I save 60 seconds for you. What do you see coming down the pike or coming up the pike social selling 2020? 60 seconds. Go. Well, when it comes to manners and etiquette, I think uh, we'll see a real um, resurgence of the manners 
of sales that, you know, how mm. people engage with their customers, the, you know, the general principles will not change, but how that is applied into the digital world. Um, you know, right now, a generic LinkedIn connection request is, is not um, good manners, but maybe in, you know, three years from now, it, it will be considered um, just a, you know, an aspect of being on social um, that you're going to get these generic connection requests and, and, it's, and it's okay. I, I just think, you know, if we come back to the, the original quote about man, there's a distinction between manners and etiquette and manners is the mm-hmm. general principles and etiquette is how you apply those principles in the, in the you know, the current situation. Uh, I think that there may be some changes coming in terms of how, uh, what we think of as, um, as the etiquette of social Thank you very much, Kirsten. Jill Rowley, Sarah Goodall, Kirsten Boylow. What a, I don't want to say delightful and, and bring down what we did. What an exciting and invigorating and compelling conversation. I always learn from the three of you. Kirsten, one sentence. What's coming up on your next episode in a couple of weeks? Do you have a topic yet or are you going to surprise me? I am going to surprise you, Bonnie, but we do have, I do have um, Fardas Sharif. She is my manager. Uh, she is head of demand management and engagement at SAP, and I have her confirmed as a guest for June. Wonderful. Appreciate that. Here's my call to action, and I will be back in exactly one hour at 12 noon with Smart Cities of the Future with Game Changers. Great topic. We're talking about the impact of smart lighting on the city. You light up my life, part two. Uh, Here we go. I'm going to say my shout-out, and thank you also to Kevin at World Talk Radio, the business channel. I missed you last week when I was in Orlando, Kevin, but I had Ryan Treasure. We had him all to ourselves running the board. He's the VP at World Talk Radio, and we really appreciate his expertise. So, call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be like Jill Rowley. Be like Sarah Goodall. Be like Kirsten Boylow. Basically, go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Thank you for joining us. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.